Orb presents 20 Years to Midnight. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And welcome to our, our little episode between guests. Yeah. Fuck you, Gary. No, sorry. I need to get that. I need to get that combative energy back from uh, from the, Will. Uh, Will's not here, so I, I need to I need to come down. Yeah, yeah he's he's uh, uh he's off doing his own thing. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, next episode we'll have a guest, and then mm-hmm. it's me and Cole Solo for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we're we're in a really good stretch of the Venture Brothers. We are. Right now. This is a fun episode. Uh, fun episode. Next episode. Fun episode. Mm-hmm. Um. This one was our. This is the one that Will was comparing um, Escape to the House of Mummies unfavorably to. Yes. Which I think is uh, still, I think that is off base even for Will. <laughs> but I think that uh, it is a really good episode. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it, is a, it is a fun episode. Both of them are really frantic and kind of all over the place in a lot of ways. Um, yes. And I think that they each kind of serve. Uh, maybe a little bit to show the difference, uh, you know, oh, totally. one of the ways to show the difference between Jackson Public and uh, Doc Hammer. Like House of Mummies is a real Doc Hammer episode, and this is a real Jackson Public episode. Yes. I, I was going to say that, uh, make that point myself. Like, I think that uh, the difference that you can see is both these episodes are really jam-packed, but Jackson Public is more concerned with connective tissue yeah. and coherence. And Doc Hammer is more concerned with what, kind of comedy you can wring out out of the lack of those things yes you know and they're both really strong to me yeah um, um and this is the first episode in a while where we haven't had it might be the first episode we've seen first is such a fraud thing but like this does not have an a story and a b story like this is all no, no, no. this is all one kind of coherent story that maybe splits up a couple of times as they as they go about what they're doing um but uh you know it sticks together uh, in a way that like, I mean, like later episodes almost exclusively would. Yeah. This is, this presages a lot of, uh, Venture Brothers feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, this originally, uh, aired on August 6th, 2006. And the premise is Rusty receives a video message from his father that sends him on this kind of globe trotting scavenger hunt to find pieces of a device that is going to save the world. Yes. Uh, and this is a very, very jam packed episode. Uh, I forgot mm-hmm. how much the impossibles factored into this. Yeah. 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 Last appearance of Stephen Colbert until uh, the movie, until all this in Argan- Gargantua 2. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, so we get the impossibles. The pirate captain came back. We get uh, JJ. This is his first, you know, Jonas Venture Jr., his first like highlight episode. Mm-hmm. You know, and Should, then, you know, his, uh, how he's his <laughs> best cunnilingus filled life. <laughs> yeah, king. You got a king yep. down here. Yep. Uh, or down there, I guess. Yeah. Uh living on like this is this the first time we actually see that Spider Skull Island is a place. It's not just a little dialogue joke. Yeah. 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 Um this episode, you know, the commentary and reading about it, uh, this came back four minutes too long. Mm-hmm. So this this episode is not only jam-packed now, but it, a lot was cut from it. Yes. Um, including a whole other little like globe trot. Yeah, like they were going to go to e- Egypt. Uh, Rusty was going to uh, dress down some costumed Egyptian henchmen. 
you know like i don't have time for this bullshit basically the way that they talk about in the book is like oh he's speaking to every costume person who's ever made his life difficult you know yeah (laughs) which i'm glad they didn't they they kind of did that in escape from the house of mummies yeah yeah i'm glad they they didn't didn't do that um richard impossible you know impossible plaza um (laughs) is built on the uh where the old venture uh skyscraper used to be Mm -hmm. so that's that used to be kind of elaborated on instead of just the throwaway line yeah Uh, now we learn more about richard impossible's backstory and how he built uh huggy um his herbie (laughs) uh, stand-in and why um you know a little wink like we'll talk about huggy but huggy is a wink to uh, kids for the fantastic four cartoon Mm -hmm. um you know, in the cartoon, they were, they didn't want kids to set themselves on fire. So they didn't want the human torch to be in the cartoon. Fucking prudes. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, afraid of a little, you know, that's how people in the future are going to get natural gas. Um, the, like, we got a little, dude. Uh, but the, you know, so they didn't want to have that. And then in the Venture Brothers, apparently their Cody, their human torch, mm-hmm. was supposed to be dead at this point. Yeah. So that's why they built built Huggy. I don't know if uh, Cody comes back. I can't remember. He's he's only ever a background character. I think he does pop up a couple of times. Yeah. So that they retconned him being dead. Yeah. But that was originally the idea was he built his wife a new brother. <laughs> uh, I do like what they do with Huggy in the absence of that, that he was. Oh, put, it's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there. But just uh, uh, at, uh, Richard Impossible is a very good Reed Richards uh, takeoff. He, he's super good in this one. Yeah. Like just incredible, <laughs> downright <laughs> churlish. Uh, Bit of a good. giggle puss. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, oh man. There's a there's other like just little like hang around subplots yes. that were cut out. Um, you know the reason why they paired up. You know they liked the pirate captain, so they brought him back, and they paired him up with JJ specifically because these two people. You know, JJ who was stuck in Doctor Venter's uh, stomach. And the pirate captain who was on a ghost pirate ship for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So they just missed, you know, uh, the 90s and the, the early 2010s. And they were going to catch each other up on stuff. Yeah. There's a little bit of this in the, that episode. And it's very funny. Mm-hmm. But it was going to be a bigger part of it. Yeah. Just a bigger part of, the, of their dynamic. Um, which, you know, in the in the commentary, they talk about it. And I can't tell if they if they know that they're uh, if they know that they're already doing that it's like oh yeah we wanted yeah. to we wanted two guys who could bullshit about pop culture and it's like you have yeah. 17 of those yeah. you have yeah. 17 <laughs> like two every guys. pair of characters yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> every pair of characters in the show is that yeah you made you made him into one guy at one point uh-huh you made a two-headed guy who could do that <laughs> for efficiency you each play one of the heads yeah uh, you magnificent <laughs> bastards yeah uh but uh i I just i love the story beat where that happens uh happens here yeah Uh, this episode features the seeming uh the apparent death of colonel gentleman on the commentary they talk about like doc hammer when he was uh trying to get uh the 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 wheels turning when he was uh getting back to writing stuff uh he uh, was having trouble so he kind of like wrote half of a pilot for a spinoff show starring colonel gentleman yeah uh, as an openly gay detective, yeah, um, hanging out in bathhouses and enjoying openly gay sex, yeah. Um, I'm very glad that Colonel Gentleman isn't dead. Same, but I will say that uh, when I this is my current uh, Colonel Gentleman moment, mm-hmm. like him listing toys as he wished he had when he was a lad. <laughs> yeah. That's my def- defining Colonel Gentleman. <laughs> it's um, so I good. love that. I love it so much. It's not. It's not a joke. 
I don't really know what to, how to describe what it is, but I love it very much. Well, it's, like, it's just, it is a very amusing character beat. Like, yeah. I mean, I would call it a joke because the boys, you know, the, the, the boys I mean, are... It's Cluties. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're, they're looking for clues and they think, okay, we're going to find something amazing in here. You know, forget if it's Hank or Dean who said, but this is the diary of a crazy man. Yes. Yeah, oh. And it's so cute. Uh-huh. You know, Colonel Dillman just like thinking and like, you know, showing him like putting the eraser up to his lip. <laughs> like, stay alive, the survival game. God, you know, I, it's, it's so I, fucking I, good. I live for references to stay alive. <laughs> it, it's it's really, really funny. Uh, it, you know, again, my, de- my definitive Colonel Dillman, even though he shows up a lot later in the show. Right. Oh, my God. Uh, so let's get into it because there are lots of yeah. lots of fun little moments here. Uh, very uh, kind of uneventful cold open. They want to save uh, as much time as possible for the adventure. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've got, uh, we open up on this alien looking figure wearing a uh, Cyclopean helmet. Uh, He appears over the venture compound, uh, scanning it and finding a heat signature of rusty on the toilet. Yep. Yep. Uh, This is our grand galactic inquisitor. He'll be introduced (laughs) later. Ignore me. Um, Ignore me. Uh, Very, you know, catch crazy. Um, He is, he's great. Uh, mm-hmm. He's kind of a cross between um, Galactus, the Living Tribunal, and the Watcher mm-hmm. uh, from Marvel Comics. Yeah, um, you know, so it's a big reference energy. Uh, yeah, Uatu. Yeah, you ought to you ought to read more comics if you don't know who the Watcher is. <laughs> um, Brock is vacuuming the Rumpus Room. Uh, and he discovers a little file box and radios rusty on the toilet and says, "You might want to see this." And that's it. There's no jokes or anything in the cold open. No, because again, no. it's fast forward. Yeah. Um, so this box just kind of gets passed around from person to person. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, this box that was just kind of sealed up in the, you know, the seventies or the sixties Brock has already gotten into it and he found a t-shirt, one of Rusty's old t-shirts that is ridiculously too tight on him. It's yeah, like a, it's like a it's sky good. blue t-shirt with a, with like a chocolate chip cookie on the front of it. <laughs> You're stretching it out. He's like, it's been there for 20 years. Um, Dean finds another sweater vest, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I love how happy he is. Yeah. Uh, but the plot important thing is a camcorder, uh, you know, of Jonas Venture addressing Rusty. Um, he was, you know, I always knew you were my little video buff and Rusty does, this is very relatable. He says oh, like, yeah, what yeah. you said, once you wanted to make videos and every gift was cameras. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm happens. very, I'm sympathetic to both sides in that, yeah, you know, like yeah. as a kid that happened to me, but also if I imagine myself having a kid, it's like, yeah, if a kid said he liked Micronauts, like he's only getting Micronauts because oh, yeah, what else yeah. am I getting? What else do I know? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to start Especially to make a, you a father like him. Yeah. I'm trying to make you happy. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you tell me the things you fucking want. Don't yeah. make me guess. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, but yes, this is relatable from both sides. Uh, you know, uh, Hank, uh, on hearing this tries to tell, tries to tell his dad, like, Oh, you know, speaking of that, Paul, I don't really like neckerchiefs very much, (laughs) but he's not here. He's just being ignored. Uh, so, uh, Jonas, he had made this video, uh, as a message, uh, for Rusty, uh, talking about, uh, these deep space radio waves that he discovered when Rusty was a little boy. And we get a flashback to cute little, uh, kid Rusty trying to get his dad's attention. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like he's just like, you remember Rusty and it shows his dad doing science and Rusty is like stuck on the carpet and and the voice performance very like, you can't step on the red ones cause they're lava. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. Uh um really really good so you know it took it took him 10 years to translate the broadcast and it was Mm -hmm. a message to him about this invention that mankind was not ready for yes 
yeah like he had made something and then these aliens like no no this is this is too much uh please dismantle this but you know you need to keep it uh you know the pieces of it around because it needs to be activated once to save mankind yep uh so they scattered it across the globe um and uh you know so that's that's our macguffin that's our plot structure Mm -hmm. in the present uh the grand galactic inquisitor appears through the window uh and jonas plays a little joke like the bad guys broke in on him but he's mm-hmm. like no, no no false alarm here are the coordinates um yeah uh, there's a there's a good bit with, here with hank too where he first sees the grandpa and goes he's in the phantom zone and uh rusty's like even you can't be that stupid and he's like i was joking you know so again kind of just like i like that that is a very funny joke if hank was making that on purpose oh yeah yeah <laughs> it is like he doesn't understand mm-hmm. that somebody could be on a screen and not trapped yeah. in there like it's a fucking mist book. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but the aliens peering through, and this is where we like, kind of the first time we get a sense of how of, of how big he is. You know, uh, Dean uh, points out to him like, "Dad, Dad, big man, big man." And of course, uh, Rusty immediately thinks that uh, Dean's coming over there. I'm like, "Yeah, Dean, you're a real big man." <laughs> like, yeah. no, yeah. no, but it's this alien who's twelve feet tall. Uh, and mm-hmm. has, I think, seven fingers and two opposable thumbs. There's an opposable thumb on both sides. Um, He's incredible. Yeah. Amazing specimen, the Grand Galactic <laughs> Inquisitor. Yeah. Um, we get a bunch of great exclamations in this episode. Uh, you know, the first of which is Rusty saying, Lady Smith, Black Mombazo. Uh, as he sees it, you know, Brock, big guy in the pool. Um, <laughs> it's like, Brock, there's a 12 foot alien pointing at a beam at me. Aren't you supposed to do something? Yeah, do something. Um, and this is the Grand Galactic, Galactic Inquisitor's like shtick. You know, he mm-hmm. says, uh, he's got this voice that's incredibly unpleasant. Uh, like everyone very can hear loud. it in their walls. Like really, really loud. Mm-hmm. Saying he's there to observe the ways of humanity. Uh, he hears all, sees all, and you know, yells at them not to alter their behavior in any way. Um, <laughs> starting the the kind of you know the joke of this episode is whichever they when he doesn't feel like talking uh-huh. back, he just tells yells at people to ignore him. <laughs> ignore me! Uh, incredibly good, very good. They do a very good job of forgetting about him. They just kind of like to like have him along like he's a little kid shadowing <laughs> on Bring mm-hmm. Your Kid to Work Day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the little, like, pairing him up with a rocket is very funny. Yeah, very good. Uh, to me, that's, that's a really cute part. Like, I, I love the Grand Galactic Inquisitor quite a bit. Yeah. So, the first piece is on Spider Skull Island, and Rusty is pretty dismayed that he's going to have to go talk to his brother. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, geez. Yeah. So, he's going to try not to talk to him at all. They're going to break in. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the idea. And they're going to they're have to split up at this point. They don't split up yet, but that's the yeah, eventual idea. Yeah. Um, the kids are going through the file box. And find a lusty or a letter that Rust not a lusty, mm. a letter that Rusty, Lusty Rusty, uh, mm. wrote to the Herculoids. He's like, Oh, dad was a fan of the Herculoids. Hey, call them hippies for not fighting in Vietnam. <laughs> uh, this is uh, that's great because if you know what the Herculoids are, uh, it's, you, <laughs> you think like it's blobs. gonna, yeah, there's, there's a big blob, a little blob, a weird horse with 10 legs, and then a fourth thing I can't remember. Uh-huh. But the Herculoids are one of the, you know, Hanna Barbera's weirdest fucking, yeah. Things. The idea of like you know, gotta get those those Herculoids in on the fight. Um, it's also uh, you know on rewatch I was like, oh, this is clever because this is echoing Johnny Quest existing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like all that Hanna Barbera shit existed in the world. Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, so they're going to Spider Skull Island. Um, they didn't tell JJ 
uh, and Rusty walks in on J- uh, JJ going down on a woman he meet in Ibiza at the science conference. Yeah. <laughs> Rusty, they lost the invitation for Rusty. Yeah. Um, I mean, JJ know. going full Playboy at this point. I mean, just yeah. very obviously, like everything that Rusty lacks, JJ has in spades. You know, like yeah. he's got the where he's, he's wearing the smoking jacket and he's zipping around on a uh, on a jetpack. I love that they like the initial plan for JJ was for him to walk around in like a mechanical human body. Just having mm-hmm. him like in the jetpack is very good to me. Yeah. Yeah. They, in the book, they talk about how JJ, you know, he doesn't have to compensate for ways his life has failed him because he doesn't let his wet life fail him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's the opposite of Rusty. Yeah. He, he doesn't, doesn't blame, blame any of his disadvantages. Yeah. He doesn't blame the obstacles. He just gets over them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is you know really nice little bit of uh, characterization there. Yeah, um, Brock runs into the uh, the pirate captain who's there <laughs> uh, who lives on the X two. They're taking the boat, uh, <laughs> and he explains you know that is he's uh, the the you know uh, JJ lets him live there. You yeah, know, he's like yeah. hey, you know the, the little guy who your dad ate when he was wee. Like they, they get they get really good little quick explanation of this. Oh yeah, <laughs> Brock is like, "What the hell are you doing on my boat?" He's like, well, "I'm the captain of this thing, so kind of it's my boat, my more boat than yours." <laughs> so um, I mean, like it's it's great that they brought the pirate captain back. He is such a major character for the rest of the series, and they never give him weird. a name. And he always no, no. he always talks like a pirate, um, even though uh, you know he eventually becomes like a tech CEO. <laughs> it's very yeah good. His, his pirate days are over but yeah you, you can't you can take the the man out of the seas but you can't mm-hmm. take the seas out of the man it's just who he is um they watch the tape and jj is basically saying like we have to split up yeah you know uh like i do have a pitch at the pentagon tomorrow but this is more important you know you have tw- you have like 24 hours to get all of this stuff yeah uh, or 20 hours or whatever you're gonna need help yeah uh and jj and brock go over doc's head and start working out the logistics <laughs> You think of three teams, you know, just uh, immediately takes charge. Yes. Uh, So three teams, we're going to have JJ and the pirate captain, Brock and Rusty, and then Hank and Dean are going to go in the XX1. This is intercut for a little while. I just kind of separated them out to make sense. I love that Hank and Dean are just <laughs> like they're like they're in love with the uh, with with the new plane. Like, oh, this is so much cooler than ours. We have space invaders in the lounge, and there's a lounge. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's also just like the sending Hank and Dean. Uh huh. How to do that is very funny to me. Yep. <laughs> like, uh oh. Um, so, so their uh, their subplot is to find Colonel Gentleman's place in Morocco because one piece uh, was left Hank's, with him. Yeah, Hank says, "Are you to home?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, very fun. Like the, the Hank being a little forum boy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, before that was like the darkest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, now Hank would get radicalized as hell. Oh, and instantly. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, Pop. Uh, and then I can't finish that joke <laughs> because it would literally me be doing hate speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sad. Like the, the, uh, it's the like he's channeling alive crazy people. <laughs> yeah. Like, just like, Akun, say it. Acoon. Acoon. I thought it was Acoon. a Chan. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, so, uh, we reveal that Colonel Gentleman is, uh, dead, uh, here. He's not actually dead. He's in a diabetic coma due to Malamars. Because <laughs> of the Malamars. Uh, Malamars. <laughs> bitch tits because of Malamars, uh, if I recall. Yeah. Um, and Dean, uh, you know, D- Hank is reluctant 
Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, I, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. And Dean says, you can't get uh, cooties for, or Dean is reluctant. Hank's like, you can't get duty cooties from a dead person. And he goes, not cooties, Hank, cluties, uh, which I love that joke. <laughs> yep. Uh, Dean wants to investigate the murder, but Hank has his eyes on the prize. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're here, we're looking for, you know, whatever piece of the doodad that we can find. Uh, and so they kind of compromise, thinking, "Hey, maybe, maybe his diary will have the answers that we need." Uh, you know, dear diary, <laughs> another yeah. jury party of a prophet. But oh, the bitches were in rare form tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So him just keeping this diary is very good. They skip ahead to the, the list of toys he wishes he had as a lad, uh, but weren't invented yet, which is so fucking like, this guy's like 60. Like this is so yeah. good. Uh, and just the delivery is very funny. Just like Micronauts, Scooby-Doo monster game, witch, witch at, at Imperial Walker. Stay alive. The survival game. God, and I, know, um, I know I said it before, but any reference to stay alive, the survival game. Have you seen Witch Witch? Oh, it's really good. It's a it's a fun uh, like board game, right? Witch Witch looks cool as hell. Like I, yeah. I've, I've never played Witch Witch. Uh-huh. Um, they remade it as something called Ghost Castle, mm. but it's got this awesome. It like you put up these fake cardboard walls and create this little mansion. Oh, nice! Like Witch Witch looks badass as hell. Mm-hmm. I got to play Witch Witch at some point. Yeah, well, I mean, even like the Ad Ad Imperial Walker, like that was like a whole like playset because the inside of oh, those sure. things is fucking huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess what I'm yeah. saying is, uh, Colonel Gentleman has There's good a list taste of toys. toys. Cole wants, <laughs> <laughs> even though yeah, they were invented many years before he was born. Memories, yeah, yeah. lad. Um, uh, like, but they're just more lists that they <laughs> that he has. Uh, man, mm-hmm. and this is what they say. They go on and on. This is the diary. This is crazy person's diary. Uh, there's nothing here, but Hank is just messing around with uh, one of Colonel Gentleman's canes uh, when this antenna-like device falls out. It's like a sword cane. It has yeah. like a hollow out on the side. This is the missing piece that they're looking for. Yeah, they just stumbled upon it. Yeah. Uh, JJ and the pirate captain are swimming to a bathosphere. There's under the sea. And you think that the captain seen something goes, Jesus Jones. Yeah. And he goes, now that was a band. <laughs> <laughs> we thought that was going to be the future of rock and roll. <laughs> they sound incredible. Are they still around? No, no not in a way anyone notice. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. But like, yeah, of course the sea captain probably, he went missing in like 1992. You probably would have thought that right here, right now was the, was going to be the sound of the future. Everything. I, yeah. I had a college class. Um, it was like college history. It's like a big gen ed one. So it was kind of, mm-hmm. kind of bad, but sure. it was like, it was a, it was American history, uh, from like, of Jesus Jones. No, it's no. it's relevant. Don't worry. Uh, okay. <laughs> but it was like po- like World War post World War Two to like present day and like present day. You know, in a general history class is like the the era of globalization. So like it kind of ended in the nineties and like the in the last class session, like they just kind of played that song right here, right now, talking about living on the edge of history, saying like, sure. yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's a, the, in referencing the, you know, the fallacious idea that, you know, because the, the, the Soviet Union fell, all of a sudden we're at the end of history where all struggle is gone and we can just be prosperous. It's like, yeah. It, yeah. Very optimistic. Fucking lol. Uh, My, <laughs> but yeah, I had a cousin is... who was like way into Jesus Jones and uh-huh. would play Jesus Jones constantly. And the thing that broke that spell was getting a techno remix of Cotton Eye Joe that was nine minutes long, <laughs> uh, which he played on repeat uh, every time I visited him. Uh, oh, he no. was the biggest Cotton Eye Joe 
uh, fan that's ever been. Yeah. And I heard that song way more than anyone should ever want to hear. So Nine a minute huge step remix. down from Jesus Jones. Yeah. I mean, at least yeah. Jesus Jones is listenable. <laughs> Much more listenable than, than Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. Yeah. It is just funny that the, like it was a young professor too. Like it, he wouldn't have been like, especially, you know, that, that song wouldn't have been especially relevant to him to just play right mm. here, right now uh to this group of disinterested college kids but that's, that's just a thing strange. that history classes like do like you know just yeah. uh, anything it, that it, it's like how you end up watching the simpsons uh, adaptation of the raven yeah in high school english because like anything that is from outside education that references mm-hmm. the subject is precious because it'll get kids attention yeah like in yeah. your uh, high school history class did you did you have to listen to and, and like read the lyrics to we, we didn't start, start the, the fire? fire exactly oh yeah now everybody write now your own verse about unit. stuff that happened now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you know it's it's the mid-90s you find something that rhymes with ross perot <laughs> you know <laughs> Just, um, oh man <laughs> the uh you know they get to quest bell uh you know jj jr requesting permission <laughs> to board um yeah. to get on to quest bell and who lives here but action johnny yeah uh, aka johnny quest uh who is a strung out violent junkie this turns into a tarantino moment yeah <laughs> uh, here. They, they got somebody like uh, like from pixar like one of their old buddies like uh came in and guest storyboarded this like yes th- uh, them in a standoff like uh, stepping, you know, sidestepping around this bathosphere as as uh, uh, Johnny is point, you know, shakily pointing a gun at them. Uh, I, yeah. I I love this performance. This is Brendan Small doing uh, kind of his mumbly uh, Nathan Explosion voice here a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, yeah, they have to call him Action Johnny at this point because, the, like, I I guess it's you know too far to make him into a junkie. Like we can have red, <laughs> we can have uh, what's his name, Race, Race Band, and die on screen, uh, but we cannot and have shit on Johnny. screen. Yeah, but we can't yeah. have Johnny be a junkie. Yes, you know, uh, I like how the pirate captain has to take care of this. Like mm-hmm. JJ is too naive. Yes, this whole thing. He's like, you know, he's, are you cops? And <laughs> and JJ's is like, no, I'm Jonas. You know, he just goes into his thing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, Admiral, let me handle this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, <laughs> no, we ain't cops. You know, just <laughs> well, jo- uh, Johnny flies off the handle when they mention his father. Like, hey, we're here yeah, looking for something. Your father left. Dad. You don't mention my dad. <laughs> yeah, he's just like losing his mind. And the pirate captain diffuses the situation by saying, you wouldn't want to kill a doctor, would you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and JJ being a square, like, oh no a medical doctor right right you know uh he, he plies him with uh prescriptions yes then he uh, can write them and johnny breaks down because uh, obviously mm-hmm. he would he would be in real pain either from withdrawals or just or living in a hor- bathosphere for, yeah living in a bathosphere yeah. the horrible life that he's led like he is he is ruined yeah johnny johnny's uh and i love that we follow up on this you know, yes. one of my things i love about the show the most no threads are left I mean, we have, we got the pirate captain, the gag character, the gag villain from one episode is a main character now. Yeah. Anybody who, who the creators like, and I happen to like, will probably come back. Yes. You know, uh, so the, the, the cut forward in time, Hank and Dean have their piece. They're landing on the X2. JJ is really pissed because, uh, he wrote a fake, you know, because the captain volunteered him to do something unethical. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He would not ordinarily do. Uh, but Rusty and Brock, uh, they're having a, uh, a rougher time here of it and kind of sets us into a, a longer stretch of plot with these mm-hmm. guys yeah uh so rusty uh is having a psychedelic dream he's flying in the air uh attached to jonas attached to his dad's penis by an umbilical cord 
It's incredible. <laughs> just the image of this. And then, and then it's like JJ being like, let me take a turn. Like he's like a kite and, and he bites the umbilical mm-hmm. cord uh, free and then starts flying rusty, like a kite dragging him down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the metaphor is really obvious. Like, Oh, I had it, you know, uh-huh. like I was, I was doing my dad's bidding and then JJ came and, you know, went up to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh but rusty wakes up like oh i thought <laughs> i thought i was done with those dreams yeah uh, but no it's uh and he's messed up right when he says that the grand galactic inquisitor pops in goes, that was a weird one uh, which <laughs> oh, great. he love. can read my thoughts ignore me yes i can <laughs> <laughs> so good um they're heading to impossible tower uh, to get it because it stands, you know, where Avenger Industries used to be. And Brock is like, how are you going to get it? He's like, you forget. I have, I have somebody on the inside. And this is really fucked up. And this Brock, is pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, Brock and, rightfully they, they call calls it, it out yeah. several times. Yeah. <laughs> but he's going to use uh, Sally, the invisible girl's affection for him to get it, stringing her along, thinking that she's going to have a new life away from the horrible abusive you know forced you know reclusiveness that uh richard is putting her through really just yeah. playing with her emotions in a, in a tremendously fucked up way yeah yeah it's really fucked up yeah. you know and, and they, they uh they, they call it out um it's the kind of thing that would be fucked up to you know it'd be justifiable to save humanity yeah you know to, to find this thing but that's not rusty would have done this for Oh, he you would know, have done it for 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like he would have done it for like a, a minor government contract. Um, Sally is there. Uh, she has a baby now, as we mentioned. She's, you know, we know she's pregnant last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she wants to go to the store. And Richard's saying like, no, we can send somebody. You want, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he doesn't want her to leave uh, the baby, uh, Rocket, as a baby based on Franklin Richards. Mm-hmm. Um one of the most powerful people in the Marvel universe Yep. Um, with, with uh, Ned her cousin, you know, cause he's seen of mice and men. He's like, why not leave him with Huggy? Right. No, the child rearing robot. <laughs> this, this causes Sally to lose her temper, not just because, you know, he's insulting her brother. Um, not mm-hmm. just because, uh, you know, he is trying to keep her here. Uh, Richard will not, uh, w- will not call rocket by name. Just keeps on referring yeah. to him as the child. Right. And, yeah. you know, she doesn't think that Huggy is a real substitute like that. Like that's messed up. She says we need real human affection. And Richard's obviously yeah. missing the point, saying that's why I programmed a robot to simulate its sweetness. <laughs> yeah. Really good delivery. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, she says, uh, you know, let me go uh, to him. It's like very, very heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, well, you, you like some company. So she sends him with, or he sends her with bodyguards. Yes. Um, Brock knocks them out, salutes Sally, and Sally gets onto a subway car that mm-hmm. is empty except for Rusty. Yes. Um, and she's overjoyed. Yeah. You know, so the only thing that made my horrible life bearable was the hope that you would come back for me. Um, and this is all he had been emailing her or what have you. Yeah. Setting this up. You know, uh, Ned is going to take Rocket to the park to meet Hank and Dean as the idea. And they're going to go. She's going to get them in. Yes. Uh, but, uh, we cut over to that, uh, a bodyguard had followed them and knocks Ned out with a cattle prod. Uh, yes. Fucked up thing to do generally. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, leaving the baby alone, which will lead to the baby and grand galactic inquisitor, which is great. <laughs> um, you know, Rusty says, Hey, before we can go live, uh, heavily happily ever after Snookums, I need access to the basement. Yeah. And she's just kind of like walking on clouds, bringing them in there. And Brock's like, this is wrong. You know, this is pretty fucked up, Doc, even for you. 
Yeah. And I love Rusty being like, I've seen you man, you've seen you like strangle a man with his own, you know, optic nerve. Yeah. The guy didn't break his art. Uh, and Rusty's response is, you don't know that, which is uh, pretty funny. Technically true, which is the best kind yeah. of true. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea yeah. of Brock breaking somebody's heart. Very uh, good. By controlling, controlling him like a puppet with his optic nerve. Very yeah. good. It's also a thing where, too, like if, if I, you know, you don't want to have Brock telling you, hey, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Brock, Brock is, we've seen Brock do a lot of pretty fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not, I'm not saying that psychological torture isn't worse or not intense. I'm just yeah. saying the, the, the specific morality that Brock operates under, uh, yes. you know, it, it, it never gets as much attention as the horrible morality that uh, that guides uh, Rusty. But it's definitely there. And the contrast, I think, is where that relationship lives or is most alive. Yeah. 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 So Sally opens the elevator for them, but it doesn't go to the basement. It's been hijacked. It goes up to Richard's office where all of the ventures, everybody has been captured, including the pirate captain and JJ. And they're put in these confinement chairs with like electric shackles and stuff. Yeah. Rusty says, you know, you're supposed to be our rescue party. And it's like, what about you? You had super kill guy with you. You still got caught. (laughs) Um, I love JJ not really bothering. Yeah. You know, with with, with, uh, Brock. Um, Richard found the piece in the basement. He's like, I'm not going to hand it over. You know, I, cause I had you in physics class, you were a daydreamer, a sass mouth, and not infrequently a bit of a giggle puss. And I somehow doubt that 20 years of amphetamines of failure have managed to improve that. I love that, um, that, that pair of lines, because it really is, you know, it's, it's Stephen Colbert getting a chance to deliver the gag line, you know, a bit of a giggle puss. And then there's like a pause. And then he yeah. goes on to actually deliver the comment about, uh, you know, about the way Rusty lives his life. Like, I was like, they, yeah. they could have just left it at a bit of a giggle pause, but no, like, like, you know, Richard's or Richard does have, uh, you know, a critique about Rusty's ability, uh, to, uh, yeah. you know, a to, reasonable to handle one. This. Yeah. <laughs> like the idea that this should be in Rusty's hands is not, you know, Professor Impossible is evil, but like, mm-hmm. you know, Rusty, not a he's, good scientist. He's evil, but he's pragmatic. Right. Yeah. Um, Richard makes the device in some kind of por- portal and Sally asks where uh, Rocket is. And Richard's like, like who? Ooh. There's a really good delivery on the annoyed who. He's doing science. Ooh. Um, it's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, JJ thinking, all right, well, we've got one card that we haven't played yet. He radios for helper by talking into his collar. Rusty's like, oh, good. He's, he's bossing my robot now, around now. Uh, and then, you know, I was like, do you seriously have a microphone in your collar? JJ, of course, again, because he gets around ob- obstacles, like what kind of idiot would strap his only means of communication to his wrist? They always tie you up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've been really, tied really up good. since you were a kid, dude. Uh, JJ has helper come in the security system and we see, uh, you know, the impossible security system helper was in the X one with the grand galactic inquisitor. So after he leaves the grand galactic inquisitor kind of wanders out mm-hmm. and they play the like nursery music mm-hmm. uh, that I love in the venture brothers as rocket just walks up <laughs> and grand galactic inquisitor is just like looking at this baby. Uh, very cute. Um, helper doesn't get very far, but then huggy shows up. Corners no. him. You think Huggy's going to be like Gardo. Right, right. Going to be a real threat. No, no, just here. just hugs him. The helper's like, yeah. mur, 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 you know, trying to yep. fend him uh, off. He, he gets a nice little hug. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Richard is trying to put together this uh, this portal. Um. As you know, his wife is trying to make appeals to him. You know, like what could be more important than your family, Richard? Talking about Rocket being left behind, and Richard is a, he can't even lie. He like he can't even come up yeah. with something. Is 
science? Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, uh, JJ and Brock got loose at this point, uh, and they, they screw his head to the wall, which is horrible. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, he's, I'm Professor Richard Impossible. He starts inflating, I can do this, <laughs> and inflates into big sides, pushing them out of the, uh, the building. Yeah. Um, they start falling, but they grab onto him, and he becomes kind of a bungee cord yeah. that goes down into the subway. Like, this is a weirdly action-packed episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as as this is happening, Sally falls loose, and JJ catches her with his uh, jetpack, setting up that relationship. Mm-hmm. And Brock's quick thinking. He ties the part of Richard that they're uh, splunking on to the back of the subway train. So uh, after the train continues forward, uh, it exceeds his maximum weight limit. Yes. Um, you know, it's pulling him. So he loses control. The, uh, the handle comes loose, comes up and smacks him in the face. Yes. Uh, and everybody conveniently ends up back up in the, uh, the impossible penthouse, uh, with the portal as the, uh, communicator watches beep. It is now midnight. Uh, the time has come. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Um, the Grand Galactic Inquisitor shows up in a cab with Rocket. Uh, you know, the cab driver's like, that'll be 1450. Ignore me. Uh, really, really good. Yeah. And saves the baby. Yeah. Uh, and then I love the, I love this ending quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the portal opens. Jonas Sr. emerges from it, just shoots the Inquisitor once. Yeah. And well, goes the, to leave. Well, the <laughs> Inquisitor makes like a grand declaration. Like, ah, oh, the time Yo, of yeah, judgment yeah. is upon us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he would have judged, you know, the earth as faulty based on, you know, he's just been watching these dipshits. Like, yeah. <laughs> you imagine the person who's coming, you know, to be the, uh, you know, the the arbitrator of humanity mm-hmm. just hanging out with Dr. Venture all day. Yeah. You know, probably uh, no. not great. We, we, we need to scour this place clean so nothing hurts the rest yeah. of galactic civilization. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, and he just gets shot. Yes. Uh, uh, which being, I you know, love the anticlimax there. Yeah, uh, shot. He is the main threat after a whole episode of being ignored at his own demand. Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, and the, okay, so this is pretty messed up. Like, okay, here's Jonas. Yeah, we thought he died, mm-hmm. but you know, he apparently has gone off on these you know galaxy spanning adventures and came back to save the world. You know, he he left this all here, and you know, and Rusty wants to ask. You know, I've got so many questions. Why did you leave me alone? You know, um, yeah. and he's like, oh, you're never alone. You know, the stars are always looking down at you. Uh, quote unquote, Jonas, he doesn't, he drops the act really quickly. He's doing a contact thing. Well, Rusty calls him out first. Yeah. Like he, he says, you know, he says the stars are always with you and everybody's kind of touched by this uh-huh. until, but he doesn't, he tells his dad off. Right. <laughs> like he, he, he gets a lot of catharsis here. He calls out his dad for being a horrible father. Yeah. Uh, you know, calls bullshit on that. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, Jonas calls off the act. Yeah. Um, you know, he's like, look, eh, you know, not really your father. I took this form to stop you from freaking out while I solved, you know, the whole exterminating all life on earth problem for you. <laughs> and Rusty's even more pissed, uh, here, you know, about being used for this. And then he only goes, fine, would, would this be better? And shows his real face. And it's a large Marge moment. Yeah. It could, well, um, I mean, it, it cuts away. All that we see is like everybody looking horrified, uh, as they're bathed yeah. with light. Like you get the sense they like pulled his mouth open over his skull to reveal the, uh, to reveal his true form yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. But super yeah, scary. Like, you know, like would that have been comforting? Like imagine that coming at you out of nowhere. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so Rusty is he leaves Rusty is very disappointed because they went all around the world they don't even get any money they don't even have anything to show for it and Brock is into it he's kind of odd yeah yeah I don't know Doc we kind of saved the world we did kind of save the world Um, and and Dean is like we got got the big guy to shut up 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they shot the you know, Grand Galactic Inquisitor. Yeah. JJ says they finally work together as a family. Uh, you know, and then we get our, our credits. Yeah, and they get, get a go, a weird go team venture where they high five instead of instead of doing the V. Yeah. I didn't get yep. that. Yeah. Didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, post credits, uh, Sally introduces herself to JJ and they hit it off. He's like, you're Sally impossible, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, they're hitting it off. They're, they're hitting on each other and the pirate captain, uh, you know, picks up what's being put down. Yeah. This yeah. few, you can almost hear the old humpbacks of Colin. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and Rusty is looking on and they're saying like, oh God, we, you know, we dodged a bullet, you know, old Rusty doesn't do attachment or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, no wonder you're miserable and alone. <laughs> yeah, gross. Uh, Brock is still kind of in awe of this, you know, confirmation of aliens and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, you don't always see stuff like that. And you, you think he's talking about all of it, but he also points up to Richard Impossible, whose unconscious tarp-like body is flapping in the wind. <laughs> like, a, like a flag from the top of the skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, really, really uh, creepy looking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's 20 Years to Midnight. Uh, that's 20 years of midnight. A really breathless uh, episode. Very breathless. Uh, very breathless. Very good. Um, jams and a lot of stuff. One thing that I'm noticing that's kind of a weird uh, thing on this rewatch mm-hmm. is that I think uh, in terms of being fun to talk about um, and in terms of kind of like my anticipation for watching, mm-hmm. a lot of the episodes that don't feature the monarch are things I'm looking forward to a little bit more. Yeah. I like the weird villain of the weakness. I like having a chance to call in all these ancillary characters. Mm-hmm. Like the Monarch episodes have tons of classics. Like we're gonna get to the end of the season, you know, and get the Sovereign and all, you know, Klaus Nomi and everything, like all these great things. Mm-hmm. But I, I just uh, I like that this deals with everybody else, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, having the Monarch here, um, or in the, the 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 Monarch is specifically in season two, and kind of like in season three, kind of represents the like the meta plot more than anything. Yeah. Like you know, like things that happen with the Monarch are going to drive the change in the status quo for a while. Yes. And they don't necessarily intersect with what goes on with the main family. The main family gets to kind of go have their kind of have their main adventures. Yeah. There, there's definitely like a bifurcation um, at this point between those two. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I really enjoy, uh, you know, these kind of bringing in something for variety. Mm-hmm. Um. You know? This is a this is a really good showing for the impossibles, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we don't have the season one awkwardness of uh, Ice Station Impossible uh, on mm-hmm. uh, on this right here. And I think much like uh, most things to do with the Marvel Universe, the, the Fantastic Four work best in concert as like a side dish for other things. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah. And this is and also as like a big Marvel Universe guy. Throwing in the Grand Galactic Inquisitor, and this is kind of representing multiple, you know, Marvel characters. Yeah, uh, that was very fun for me to kind of like pick that out. This is as uh, uh, galactic as it gets, right? Like they don't, they never really do much in space, <laughs> other than like the space station stuff. Right, right. You know, they, you know, they have a space station, but they don't do that much stuff with aliens. Right. You know, that's not like really a theme of the show, so it is pretty fantastical for the Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I also love the gear shift of the next episode, which is the opposite. Yes. Um, it's all about guild stuff and everything. Uh, the next episode, which is Victor Echo November, mm-hmm. our third and final guest episode of the season, uh, we're going to be joined by Autumn Greer. Yeah, frequent guest on Radio Free Midworld um, mm-hmm. and uh, delightful person all around. I'm very much looking forward to having uh, having yeah. her on your talk about this. Yeah. Huge fan of, of anyone with the last name Greer yeah. that I've met. Such a good family. Yeah. I love those people. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, if you like the show, the best way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get to some extra, you know, early episodes, get extra shows, get access to the Slack, get all kinds of things, depending on, uh, how generous you are able to be and how much you would like to spend. Yeah. Uh, I would like to thank everybody who has gone and left a rating or review in Apple podcasts or other directories that does help us out. I know you're, we, we always ask, you always hear about it on other, uh, on other shows, you know, that trains the algorithm, uh, to surface us. So thank you to yes. everybody who has, uh, who has done that for us. We're two boys who love to be surfaced. <laughs> so our famous sign off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- uh, thanks everybody. We appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, and until next time, go, go team, team venture. venture.